Well, I'm super glad to be with you guys today here online, and uh, we're in week three of this series, Give It All Away, and I don't know about you, but it's been such an impactful, powerful uh, time in God's Word uh, for me personally, and I think for for uh, our location in Ocala, as we've been talking about these ideas. Let, let me just kind of recap that a little bit, because maybe you've missed a week, or you need to go back and, and, and watch one of those weeks or something, so just kind of where we are getting to today, we started here, we started with the, the idea that we need to let it go. What, what is that? Let go of the things in our life that keep us from following Jesus. And, and we recognize that those things are things that just really can't be ignored. We need to address them. We have to figure out a way uh, to, to, to follow him without letting all the other stuff get in our way. And we looked at that through an incredible story uh, from a young man who had everything but couldn't let it go. Then last week, we kind of moved forward a bit and we started talking about the fact that, hey, listen, we, we have all these things that we think are so valuable to us that are in some ways things that we just don't know if we can let go. And so we need to put them up against something that would be greater. And what is that something? Well, it's actually a someone. And we looked at the treasure that is Jesus. Two parables that Jesus talked about that really gave us the insight that no matter what we have here, it does not compare to the treasure that Jesus is. And so today we want to look uh, just a little bit further down the road in this series now with some thoughts about what it means to uh, be bold enough to give it all away. Because giving can be tricky, right? We, we get that. What does it mean? Or, or maybe what does that look like? I, I was reading an article this week that I found fascinating. Uh, according to fortune.com, the year 2020 was a record year in giving. Think about this. It was a difficult year with a pandemic and all the things shut down. But in an article on Fortune.com from June 2021, we learned that Americans gave a record $471 billion to charities that year. And that's pretty amazing, isn't it? And it's remarkable considering all the hardships that all of us endured in different ways, from financial to health to everything else, emotionally and even spiritually as our churches were shut down, to think that that record number of giving was done in 2020. And I think it reveals something that we already know. When we start talking about giving, it's not that it's foreign to us. We understand it. We understand what it means to be uh, a giver or to give something. We even understand what it means to do that in a generous way. And being generous and being a giver, we get, is a good thing. I'm pretty sure that all of us have experienced in some form or another generosity towards us or towards other people. Maybe you were generous towards someone in some particular way, or maybe someone was extremely generous to you. They gave, they brought something to you, they did something that impacted your life. We know what it looks like. We, we even know what it feels like, the, the good things that come from that. So today, I really want us to take this idea of giving, but giving specifically with the spirit of or with the attitude of generosity. Uh, and I really want us to spend some time thinking about why that's important. May maybe think of it this way. Maybe we need to check ourselves to see where we are with the idea of living generously, of being able to give generously to those things around us, whether it's at our church 
or some other needs that we see in our communities as we go about work and life every single day. And I want us to consider this thought because as we were talking as communicators this week, this thought really struck me because it really makes us think a little bit uh, about the, not just the issue of generosity, but my generosity. And th- this is a thought. It-, it says true generosity is measured by what we keep. True generosity is measured by what we keep. And and I think that we can turn to scripture and find an incredible illustration of that truth and really kind of give us an opportunity to unpack that truth and its full understanding uh, in the gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 12, again, an an event, a moment in the ministry of Jesus that gives us some insight into giving generosity and what it means to see true generosity measured by what we keep. Let me, let me read the text to you. It's Mark chapter 12. We're going to start in verse 41. And th- this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, sitting across from the temple treasurer, treasury, th- this is Jesus. He watched how the crowd dropped money into the treasury. Many rich people were putting in large sums. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two tiny coins worth very little. Summoning his disciples, he said to them, truly, I tell you, this poor woman has put more into the treasury than all the others, for they all gave out of their surplus, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Maybe that is a story you've heard before. Maybe it's a story you've never heard before. Let me just take a minute and just kind of set the context of it. And then I just want to draw a few thoughts for us today that really help us begin to see the need for not just giving, but to do that in a generous way where our faith can and should be impacted by that. Jesus comes into this area. It's across from the temple. The east side of the temple is what we believe. And it was known probably uh, where he was is the court of women. It was the, the area that, that really was the, the, the very closest place that women uh, were allowed to come in the temple area. There was barriers for them. It was part of the, the rules, the law that they lived under. And in this area, it was also the place where the temple had its treasury, where people would come and place their tithes, their temple taxes and other offerings. They would come and bring them there and it would be collected uh, at, the, at the end of the day. Jesus comes to this area and he sits down. And when he sits down, he sees people. And I don't know how big the crowd is, but in my mind, as I read this text, there must have been lots and lots of people because the temple was a busy place. There were all kinds of things happening around the temple and in the temple on a daily basis there in Jerusalem. And so there was this large group of people and, and, and he's watching them bring their offerings into this treasury area. Uh, there was more than likely people just milling about, having conversations, maybe even conducting business with one another, but there was a busyness about the day, and Jesus is just quietly watching them. The Bible tells us that he, he watched not just the people, but he watched how they dropped their money into the treasury. I don't want you to miss that. As, as I was thinking about that and we were talking about that this week, it, it really is a, an interesting way that Mark puts that for us. Jesus wasn't interested in what they were giving. I mean, he wasn't counting to see how many coins or what the amount was, but he was interested 
in how they were giving. What was the, the posture? What was the, 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 the idea in how they were presenting this offering? And Mark notes that there were many rich people who were putting in large sums. It kind of gives you the picture that probably they were wanting to be seen. They were wanting to be noticed as they were dropping in these large amounts of money so that people would maybe respect them more or stand in awe of their wealth or whatever it may have been. But there, there seems to be some tension that Mark creates for us in saying he's watching how and, and, and he sees many rich people dropping in these large sums of money. In the middle of all that, all of a sudden Mark turns and tells us that Jesus notices a widow woman and, and she comes into the scene into all the busyness, into all the wealthy people and all the conversations and probably a lot of noise and, and activity. Here comes this woman. I, I imagine that uh, because the Bible says she was a poor widow woman, that her appearance would have kind of indicated that, that she probably had very little in life. Uh, whether she was older or younger, I'm not sure, but uh, you can almost see that she's just wanting to s- kind of side into the crowd, not make an issue, not be seen by anybody. She just wants to bring an offering. And she's trying to do it as quietly as possible, but she catches, uh, or Jesus is aware of her, and and, uh, she catches Jesus's eye, and now he's watching her. And the Bible says, as she quietly slips up to give her offering, she produces two very tiny coins, and she drops both of them into the treasury. Let just give you a, a, a little context on that. These coins would have been really small, probably made out of bronze. And, and, and we believe they were probably the, the smallest Jewish uh, denomination of coins in circulation in that day. They were, they were really worth next to nothing. I, I was trying to, to figure out how do, how do we equate that for our understanding of that. And it's almost like thinking of someone coming in and saying, here are two pennies. You, you know, uh, this is all I have. I'm, I'm going to drop these in. Uh, they would have been really considered basically worthless. And yet Jesus sees her giving these two coins. And it it impacted him in such a way that the very next thing he does in verse 43 is he summons his disciples. Jesus has seen it, but he doesn't want these men who were with him, he doesn't want them to miss it. And so he calls them over and he says to them, let me tell you about what I just saw. So let's pause there for a second before I tell you what he said uh, and, and we kind of unpack that again. Uh, let, let, me, let me just take a second and look uh, at what he ha- said that, that made an impact uh, in this moment. Jesus is there. The temple's crazy. There's all these things going on. And at the time, the truth of the matter is the temple was pretty corrupted. There was lots of things that probably should not have been going on in the temple. You remember early in his ministry, Jesus comes in and drives out money changers and other people's. And then at the end of his ministry, he comes back and drives out. And there's a, all this tension between him and the re- re- uh, religious leaders. And, and remember one of the big statements he made, he said, you have turned this house into something that it should not have been. This is the a house of prayer, a house of prayer. And it become anything but that. The wealthy came to show off. The pride of men stood front and center before anything else to be noticed, to be recognized. 
to be admired. That, that was the intention of so many that were there in those days. And yet, in the middle of all that, this poor widow becomes this direct contrast to all that the temple had become. And Jesus wants to make sure his disciples didn't miss her. He wants to make sure that she is not missed. We don't know her name. We don't know where she came from. We don't know anything after that. Jesus, to our knowledge, never even spoke to her. But he wanted to make sure they didn't miss her. And I believe because she is recorded here for us, he doesn't want us to miss her either. He wants to make certain we see something about her as well. Now, why, why would that be? Well, because if we aren't careful, we'll miss... I think the heart of what Jesus is driving home, and that is, what does real generosity look like? What does that look like? You know, I said earlier that, that, that idea, the thought for the day is true generosity is measured by what we keep. And I, I really want to explain that because hopefully that created just a little bit of tension as you're thinking generous, keep, what does that mean? That seems to be in contrast to each other. Because I want to challenge us to consider how generosity does impact our faith or should impact our faith. As we were talking this week, we kind of looked at three general things that I think really give us a, a clear picture and, and, and a good foundation to think about when we consider our generosity. Are we generous? Why aren't we generous? How can we be more generous? What is God calling me to in my generosity? And so I just want to share these things very simply today uh, and give you some opportunity to really consider those things in the midst of this series that we're calling Give It All Away. The first thing I would say to you is this, generosity, as we kind of take that idea and twist it, generosity is measured by what we keep, not what we give. I mean, Let's, let's be honest, are we really being generous if it doesn't cost us anything? I think about that a lot. For some, giving $1,000 sounds like an enormous amount of money. To give a sum like that would be extremely costly. For others, giving $1,000, while it is a big sum of money, it wouldn't cost them a whole lot to give that number. For this woman, she had two insignificant coins, but we learned that that was all she had. Jesus said it was all she had to live on. There was nothing else. And this woman gave these two insignificant coins, but she gave everything. Compared to other gifts, it was nothing. It was nothing at all. But to her, it was all she had. She could have kept one of the coins. She could have said, I'll give half of what I have, but she didn't. She gave everything. And it was a sacrifice. She had nothing else she could have given. And, and I would just want us to, to really think about this idea of generosity being measured by what we keep, not what we give, that when we are truly being generous, we will understand that there will be a cost to that for us. It will cost us something. There is a sacrifice. And it's not all the time about money, right? We can talk about giving a check or a financial thing. But listen, it costs us. If we're, if, if we're going to be generous with our, our time, our, our attention, service, if we're being generous with that, it's going to be costly. It's going to have a price attached to it. And I guess the question for us, if we're really trying to measure this stuff out is, are we sacrificing in what we give? Is it costing us something? The second thought I would bring out is this, and this really kind of harkens back to where we started in this entire series, and that is generosity is determined by the heart, not by the amount. 
You know, Jesus pointed out the rich people there, right? Giving large sums of money, but we don't know what that meant. We don't know what that cost them. He just said they were giving large sums of money. This woman, not only do we know that she gave two coins, but we know that it was all the coins that she had. It was everything she had. And so there, there, there's something that Jesus wants us to see or understand uh, about understanding our heart in those moments when we want to be generous or we're seeking to be generous. He, he said this, for they all gave out of their surplus, verse 44, but she out of her poverty. There was a, a heart difference there. I, I, I really think that we need to be clear on the fact that generosity is never about the amount. Never. It is always about the heart, the motive. I remember hearing a story years ago of a pastor who had a man who was very wealthy, part of his church, and he, uh, he loved for people to know exactly what he gave or what he, they thought he gave because his wealth was maybe more than really what he gave. In fact, the pastor uh, knew that he rarely gave very little, but he was very proactive because of his wealth to, to exert power and authority and, and, and really push his agenda on all the things that were going on. Well, one day this wealthy man comes to the church and uh, the pastor knew he was coming to fuss and fight about something. And so he invited him into the office. They were talking for a few minutes and uh, he, he basically was saying, this is what you're going to do. And the, the, the pastor said, brother, I, I prayed about this. This is the direction God's leading, not your direction. And I'm going to lead the church as the pastor the way I see fit. And this man said very, very arrogantly, he said, if you go in that direction, you will know that I will not continue to give and support this church. I guess the pastor in a moment of flesh, fed up by it all, says, well, brother, the amount of money you've given has paid for about six brooms in the closet. Take them with you as you leave. And I laugh about that because I think that sometimes we think about wealth and we think about amounts and we think about uh, uh, or position of power and we think that it gives us something more, but that's not generosity. We're not, we're not really understanding what it is to have a right heart to give freely, to give sacrificially. This woman didn't make any pretense. She didn't want to be seen as far as we know. We, we, we don't know that she talked to anyone. She just slipped in, gave her coins and left. And, and Jesus knew that she had given everything. She wasn't looking for anything from it. She just gave. And that's how we have to give as well from a heart that is pure, a heart that says, I want to be generous and I don't want anyone or anything else to be a part of or influence in that regard. Number three, and, and maybe this is the one that is most personal for us or should be most personal for us. And that is when we are generous, generosity becomes an evidence of trust. Trust in what? Trust in God, trust in, in, in him leading our life and meeting our needs, when we're, when we're willing to let it all go and we're not putting any strings attached to it, we're not looking for anything back, when we're just simply trusting Him, our generosity in those moments with the right heart will show our dependence on God. Uh, Jesus points out at the end, all, she gave everything she had, all she had to live on. I, I wonder what 
what her thought process was, what she would do next, what she would do to, to buy her food or take care of whatever other needs she might have had in some financial way. We don't know the details of her life. Jesus just says this is what she gave. And I think that it shows an enormous amount of trust to believe that God was going to take care of this woman no matter what. She didn't need those two coins to make it. She needed God more. The coins were one thing, but God was greater because he would take care of her. And maybe the trust was even more than that. She recognized that God probably knew her needs better than she did. So she could hang on to the coins because of what she thought she needed, or she could release the coins and say, God, I know you know I need this more, or you know my needs better. So there comes a moment in our life when it comes time to to think about giving and thinking about generosity that we have to come to terms with the fact that if we're willing to be generous, we we not only do that thankfully and and joyfully, we we also come in with this understanding of sacrifice and, and trusting God that he will take care of us even if we're not sure how we're gonna make it by what we give. There are many times that I've heard testimonies of Christians who have given so much more, so much bigger than they probably could have, or maybe a lot of people thought they should have, but they felt compelled. They felt led to do what they did. And over and over again, I hear of how God continued to take care of them, how God continued to be faithful to them. I think it begs the old saying that you probably have heard, you, you can't outgive God. Like when you're willing to be generous and you're willing to give generously with that open heart and this idea that I'm going to give it to you, God, and trust you more, that you just can't outgive God. God just continues to bless and do these incredible things. I found that to be true in my life, in our family's life, and I know many of you have as well. But if you've not found that to be true, then consider these ideas of generosity being measured by what you keep, not by what you give, by your heart and, and where's your heart, not the amount. And, and maybe more than any of those things, how much are you trusting God in those acts of generosity? As we were looking at this text and talking through some of these things, uh, this past week, uh, we, were, we were looking at a quote from Danny Aiken. I'm not going to read all of it, but I, I just want to read a portion of it that I think struck me because what Dr. Aiken says is, is that as you look at the history of not just Israel, but the church, you'll begin to see that when people were generous, when people were giving sacrificially, that's when God seemed to be doing some of the greatest things. Let, let me read it for you. This is what Dr. Aiken said. He said, the times of Israel's greatest spiritual fervor And the church's greatest impact on society were also the times of their greatest sacrificial giving. God wants us to grow in all areas of our Christian life, including giving. As we look to him in faith, as we look to the cross and give, he will in this area do through us and for us far beyond that which we could see, uh, we could ever hope or imagine. God gave us his all. He gave us his best. So should we. Consider that today as you think about your generosity and where you are in giving in a generous way, in a trusting way. Next week, we'll come back and finish up this series with week four and can't wait to have you join us there. But I want to pray for you today as you think through what it means to be generous and a generous giver for the sake of his kingdom. Pray with me. Father God, thank you so much for some time in your word today. Thank you for this wonderful widow woman that we meet in scripture. 
We don't know her name. We don't know where she was from. We don't know what happened to her after this event, but we do know in this moment, Jesus highlighted her generosity, her sacrifice, and her willing to give all that she had and trust you more. I pray, Lord, that that would mark our life as well, that we would be generous in what you've given to us and that we would see, Lord, that our trust in you is greater than our trust in what we have. Lord, for all those who are gathered here online with us today, for all the needs that may be there, for all the questions that they may have about faith or life, Lord, I pray that we would be faithful to engage and talk and share and love one another with the truth of your word and with the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen.